Do you trust him to get you there? How many this morning walked out to your car and sat down in your car and took about five minutes to really pray and seek the Lord and just say, Dear Lord, I just trust that this car will get me to church safely. Did anybody do that? You just put your key in and turned it on and got here, didn't you? You know why? Because you trust your car. Now, sometimes it'll let you down. (laughs) The song said he'll never let you down, but I promise you, sometimes your car will let you down. People will let you down. Pastors will let you down. Spouses will let you down. Children will let you down. Amen? Because we're all imperfect. But God, He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Even to the ends of the earth, God said, I will never, 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 never. Somebody say, never, never, never. Will I ever, ever, ever leave you? He said, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. He's right there. But the key, the the question is, do you trust Him? That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about trust. Focusing our trust upon God. Everything we do, trusting God. It means we lay aside ourself and our plans and our ways uh, and we hold to the cross and we say, Lord, I believe that your plans are better than my plans. Your ways are higher than my ways. And I trust you. Having trust means having an unwavering confidence in His plan for my life. Did you know that God has a plan for your life? He said, in your mother's womb, I knew you. I called you. I formed you. Listen, God has had a plan for you from the very moment of conception and until the very day that you take your last breath and He receives you unto Himself. He wants His plans to come to pass in your life. Do you trust Him? To to love God means to trust His power and not our own ability. See, we trust God sometimes For the things we can't do, we'll say, oh, Lord, we'll pray about those things. But the things we can do, we say, well, I don't don't really need to pray. I was telling him in the office today, my dad used to pray about every, every little detail. If we were going to work in the yard, if we were going to go work on a plumbing job, if we were going to do electricity, if we were going to go fishing, it didn't matter. He prayed. We should have learned something from him. Because... Every fishing trip, he caught more fish than everybody else. He had already prayed. He had already took dominion over the fish. And he prayed. And he, he, he lived that scripture in all of your ways. And so it wasn't just the, the big things, the things he couldn't do, but even the things that he had the ability to do, he still prayed and trusted God to help him. Who do you think gave you the ability you have to do the things you do. 
us God. Everything that we have comes from God. He wants you to seek His wisdom. We come today to church, to, to fellowship. We come to hear His word. We come to worship. We come to pray. Everything that we do, amen, is coming. Why do we, if you don't trust God, why did we pray? Why did we come and worship? I have had a few people over the years that I've been praying for people come up and say, Pastor, pray for me. I don't think anything will happen, but could you pray for me? Yes, I will pray for you, and you will get exactly what you're believing for. (laughs) If you're expecting nothing, if you're believing for nothing, you might get nothing. Oh, but then there's times... When even we're weak and we don't believe and we don't trust and we don't know, sometimes God in His mercy and His goodness and His grace just steps in and does it anyway. Aren't those good times? When I was weak, when I was lost, when I I had no faith and I couldn't believe in that when I was yet sinner, Christ came and died for me. Because He loves me that much. I said it a while ago. Even when I'm not good, He's still good we got to come to God always believing and know, know that He gives the vision. That it is, Sometimes it seems impossible. Has God told you to do something that's impossible? Now, if your vision, if your dream is within the bounds of your ability, it's not God's vision for your life. Because God's vision for your life is bigger than you. It's outside the bounds of your ability and your capability. And it is going to require your trust and your faith for God's wisdom, for His will, for His provision. We've got to trust God not only for the vision, but for the provision. Amen? Because God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Let's just look at this morning at a few scriptures. We're going to talk about trusting God. Because trusting God, number one, means relying on Him to complete His will in my life. Who who are you relying on to complete the will of God for your life? If you're relying on a spouse, don't rely on them. Now, we do rely on our spouses, and that's wonderful. I'm not saying that. But we can't rely on them to do everything. Man, they can encourage us, they can stand beside us, they can root us on. But you know what? They can't do everything. They can't make it happen for us. They can't do it for us. We're expecting our children. I see a lot of parents relying on their children. Man, I didn't make it, so I'm going to do everything in the world I can to make my kid make it. And hoping maybe they'll, you know, they'll, they'll go and they'll make it rich and famous and come back and take care of mom and daddy. Don't count on it. Saw a kid this week. It's just a little news clip. Millennial said he didn't even talk to his family anymore. His mama, his sisters, his family, because they didn't have any following. They didn't have nobody following them. They couldn't add nothing of value to his life. So he just stopped talking to them. <laughs> oh my goodness. What's wrong with people nowadays? If you, they, well, you don't have any social significance. You don't, have any, you don't add any value to my life. So I'm just going to walk away and leave you. Mm. Lord, help us. Who are you relying on to complete the will of God for your life? Listen, I'm telling you this morning, I'm not even relying on myself to do it. And I'm the one that's got to do a lot of it. 
But I still got to rely on God to give me the wisdom and the knowledge and the direction and give me the strength to do it. You say, Pastor, why do you need God to help you? Because I'm not smart enough to do it by myself. I don't know how. God, what do you want to do with this church? How, where do you want to take us? What do you have for us in the future? I'm not smart enough to figure all that out, but I know who is. His name's on the building. His name's on the sign. And I remind him a lot of that. <laughs> it says the Lord's house, not Samuel's house. I need you to take care of this. I need you to supply this need. I need you, amen, to fix this problem. Why? Because I'm relying on him to complete his will in my life. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. It seems like we've heard this before. Brother Doug getting on my message. And lean not. Everybody just kind of lean a little bit. How's that feel? Does it feel good to lean? You know, your back's all kinked up and you kind of... I, like I like to be up straight, don't you? You know, you, you, when you lean, you get, you get off balance. He said, lean not to your own understanding. Why? Because when you lean to your own understanding, you're going to get out of balance. You're going to fall over. And uh, you, you got to learn how to lean. That's the first thing you teach people when you ride a motorcycle. You got to learn how to lean, especially your passenger. It's important that your passenger either lean with you or stay straight. Listen, if you're not going to lean with me, at least don't fight my lean. <laughs> we had it one time. We were riding up to uh, Mena, Arkansas. We were going up the mountain. And uh, we were cruising. We, we were going slow because that, that, man, that thing is crooked. We were going to the top and going to go ride the pig trail. And about that time, I was watching the guys in front of us. And uh, man and his wife, good friends of ours. And man, they were going and they were doing the heels. And all of a sudden, uh, they came to a spot and he began to lean. And I don't know if she got scared. I don't know what. But she started leaning the other way. And when you do that, he couldn't get it to go. And next thing, man, they ran right into the guardrail. Tore, messed his leg up, tore the, messed the pedal up and the brake. And so we stopped and we, we checked, we, we, we rode back down the mountain. At the very bottom of the mountain was a bike shop and they were closing. And man, we rolled in there just at the right time and thank God they kept the bike. They took them to the top and uh, next morning we came down, it was fixed and we were back on our way. But see, that's what happens when you lean the wrong way. Listen, sometimes God, God knows the direction He's trying to take your life. See, on a big bike, you don't, you don't steer with the handlebars. You don't turn big bikes that way. Everything is simply by the lean. And God is leaning the direction that He wants you to go, and many of you are fighting the lean. He's trying to lean this way, and you're leaning the other way. And he said, lean not to your own understanding. You don't know which way you need to go. You don't know how you need to go. You don't know the direction. You need to go with God's lean. Amen. 
That's not even in the notes. Sorry, Sister Griselda. I told Sister Griselda, I'm going to try to stick to my notes today. (laughs) That was not in the notes. You see, God has already determined the path that our life will take. But our job is to discover and align ourselves with His direction, with His lean. If we we begin to discover and we align ourselves with His plan... Man, number one, it makes life funner. It make, is that a word, funner? It, like, it makes it more fun. There you go. I graduated from John Tyler. Don't hold it against me. <laughs> Back in 86, that's what they taught. No, they didn't. That's all my bad. It's more fun when you do it right. It's more fun when you're going God's direction. It's more fun when you're going with the lean. It's more fun, amen, when you're walking in His path because He directs, He makes a way. Now, it doesn't mean it's a bed of roses. Even when you're going God's way, God's direction, God's plan, it's still the devil, we have an adversary. And he still tries to put up roadblocks. And he still tries to sidetrack you. And he still will come out of nowhere and just take you out. And it's a constant battle. Oh, but man, when you're trying to do things, you're trying to live life your own way, it's just a lot harder. Because if God is for us, if we're going God's way, he'll be with us. Amen? You see, God has a given. He's given you an assignment. And it requires you and I to trust him. To rely on Him and say, Lord, I know you have a plan. I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. They're plans for good and not evil to give you hope and an expected end. Did you know God has an expected end for you? And it's success. God has never, ever planned one person to fail. If you fail... It's because you did, your, you did your own thing. You went your own way. You leaned to your own understanding. You tried to rely on your own ability, your own strength, because God designed you, created you, and God wants to help you to be successful. Now, success is not always what the world can calls success. Doesn't mean you have all the money in the world. Doesn't mean that you'll, you, you'll never have a problem. Doesn't mean that, that you know, you're just going to live life fancy and, you know, eat cookies and, or crackers and caviar. I don't know what that tastes like. But I like Ritz crackers and cheese. <laughs> you see, God has an assignment. Proverbs 16.20 said, He who heeds the word wisely will find good. And whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. Do you want to be happy? I've seen a lot of happy broke people and a lot of miserable rich people. But I also have seen a lot of happy rich people. And a lot of miserable poor people. Because money cannot buy happiness. But it can buy me a truck and a boat and a motorcycle... And all that stuff is sure fun. <laughs> it might not can buy happiness, but it sure can sure make life easier, can't it? Yeah, me and my wife got married. She said that's for better or worse. She said, well, I already tried worse. Let me try better a while. <laughs> oh. 
who, whoever trusts in the Lord is happy. I'm going to tell you something. I just want to be happy. I want to be happy if I have or happy if I have not. He said, in whatever state you're in, be content. So thank God we're in Texas. That's even better. I don't think that's what it means, but I'll take it. We've got to trust God no matter what we think or feel. We go a lot by feeling, don't we? Sometimes we trust God when we feel like it. And we don't trust God when we don't feel like it. We can't go on our feelings. Feelings will mess you up every time. I never wake up feeling the same. Sometimes you wake up, kind of got a kink. I mean, this hurts and that hurts. And the older you get, the more hurts. And <laughs> I'm telling you, me and my wife are party animals. As long as it's not past 9 o'clock. You see, God desires that you acknowledge that you need Him. Did you know your spouse wants to know you need them? You ever tell your children how much you need them and how glad you are to have them and what a blessing they are to you? Children, do you ever tell your parents how much you, you, you need them and you, you thank them and bless them for all the things that they did for you? Sometimes we forget to thank people. <laughs> That we need the most. We take them for granted. We got to trust God and trust the Holy Spirit and re relinquish our control. Man, that's so hard, isn't it? I want to hold on to it because I want to do it the way I want to do it. Because the way I do it's better. Now, God's way is better. God's way is more successful. God's way is happier. You see, the Bible says that God, amen, he will increase you. He said that he will make you wealthy and add no sorrow. What does that mean? There's a lot of rich people that have no joy and no peace and no happiness because, number one, some of them got it the wrong way, and they feel guilty. Others live a whole, their whole life just afraid they're going to lose it, and they're not happy. So when the Lord blesses you, when you do it God's way, He increases you and blesses you. He said you can gain wealth and have no sorrow. Amen. You, 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 you can be rich and lay on your pillow at night and sleep like a baby. You can be dead broke and lay your head on your pillow at night and sleep like a baby. Why? If you trust Him. God, I'm trusting you. It's not me that does it anyway. It's not me that supplies my need. You supply my need according to your riches and glory. Not my riches. The moment you think you've made it. That rich man, man, he looked over his stuff. He said, "Woo! all my barns are full. I'm blessed. I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. And God said, tonight you're going to die. What does it gain? What does it pay a man if he gained the whole world but lose his soul? You see, when you do it God's way, and you already, he already has your soul, and he has your life, and then he'll bless you on the outside, and in your success, be successful, and you'll be happy in the process. Amen? Don't you want to be happy? Happy in your marriage? Happy parent? Happy worker? Happy boss? If you look in the mirror and it looks like you've been sucking on a dill pickle all day, 
all shriveled up. <laughs> Come on, who wants to be like that? Come on, that's, a, that's the joy of the Lord. When God's in control, you don't have to be. And you can relax. Tell your face, relax. Relax. Did you know it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile? It does. Yeah. Trust in God and the Holy Spirit means that you just let Him take control. When you question God or try to do things on your own, you tempt God and you show Him you don't trust Him. The Israelites, they did that a lot. When they came out of Israel, out of Egypt, man, they tempted God. They murmured and complained and griped and... We see in Exodus 17, 7. So he called the name of that place uh, Massah and Meribah because the contention of the children of Israel because they tempted the Lord saying, Is the Lord among us or not? What's that sound like? They didn't trust him. Is he here or not? Is he going to do it or not? And then he would do it And the next day they'd complain about something else. And they're thirsty, and he gave them water, but then they complained they didn't have nothing to eat. And then he gave them something to eat, and then they complained they wanted something else to eat. They didn't trust him. Yet, they wandered in the wilderness 40 years, and their clothes didn't wear out. And apparently, they grew with them. You ever think about that? My clothes grow too. Mine just shrink though. We've got to, number two, recognize and give God the glory for what He's done for you. And we, we give God control. And then we say, okay, Lord, here it is, and I trust you. And then God does it. When's the last time that you gave Him the credit for it? When's the last time that you gave testimony? Here a few Wednesday nights ago, we had testimony service. And just went around and people just had an opportunity to say what they thanked God for. I mean, it was wonderful just to hear things that were going on and how God had answered prayer. But sometimes we, we don't give God the credit for what He's done. And sometimes we take the credit for it. Look what I did. Wow, look how well I worked that out. Look how I solved that problem. Deuteronomy 8.13 He said I want you to listen real close to this Because all of this can fit us All these things And when your herds and your flocks multiply Now Anybody have herds and flocks? But how many has bank accounts? There you go There's your herds and flocks That was their money back then When your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold are multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage, who led you through that great and terrible wilderness, in which there were fiery serpents and scorpions in the thirsty land, and there was no water, who brought water for you out of the flint rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he may humble you, that he may test you to do good in the end. Verse 17, Then you say in your heart, My power and my might 
and the, the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. Wow. Saying it like anybody you know. My bank account's increased. My business is blessed. Man, my kids are doing good. They're all this. Look what I have done. God is the one who gives you the strength. He's the one that gives you the wisdom. And we've got Psalms 18.32. It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. When is the last time that we have told the Lord, thank you? Could you take, could we take just a moment? You say, but pastor, oh, I, I want a new job. You're not getting a new job until you start thinking for the one you got. Until you appreciate what you have, why would he give you any more? You're always grumbling and complaining about what you have. And as a parent, does that make you want to give your kids anything? Everything you give them is not good enough? You want something better? Could we just take a moment right there in your seat? And could you just go ahead and say, Lord, thank you for my job. Lord, I thank you for the ability you've given me to work. Thank you for the strength you've given my hands. Thank you for the wisdom that you've given my mind. Lord, thank you for my wife, my husband. Thank you for my children. Lord, thank you for my house. Thank you for my car. Thank you for my clothes. Thank you for the money that I do have. Thank you for my church. Come on, everybody, say it together. Say it loud. Lord, thank you for my pastor. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Woo. No. You you got to wait till next week to appreciate me. <laughs> Come on, let's move on. Number three, there's only one more, so relax. God is calling you. Why why does God want me to trust Him? Why does God? Because God's calling you to Himself. He wants relationship with you. God wants to know you. He made you. He created you. He wants to fellowship with you. He's, he has gone away to prepare a place for you. He's building your house and He wants you to live with Him forever. He wants you to trust Him. First Thessalonians, this is the Amplified Bible. First Thessalonians 5.24 Faithful is He who is calling you to Himself and utterly trustworthy. Somebody say he's utterly trustworthy. Yeah. And he will also do it. Fulfill his calling on you and keep you. Listen, God is utterly trustworthy. If you, there's, don't do anything without seeking God first. It don't matter how little it is, how big it is. If you'll seek God first, you'll make less mistakes. Have you ever bought something and then wished you hadn't have? What if you'd have just prayed about it first? Huh? What if you'd have just got in that dressing room and got down and said, Lord, do I really need this dress? Will my husband be happy? With 
lady was going to buy a new dress, and she really she she knew she she knew she couldn't afford it. She knew her husband wouldn't want her to buy it, and she looked. She got in there, tried it on, and man, it looked great. But she said, "I rebuke you, devil! Get thee behind me." <laughs> he said, "It looks good from back here too." She bought it. Oh my goodness, that's not what you need to do. Trust in the Lord. Pray over that car. Huh? Every decision you make, pray. And the Lord will direct you. He'll let you know. No, that's not the one I got. And you know what? God usually, He doesn't stop things because He doesn't want you to have something good. He usually has something better for you. You're settling for less than He wants you to have. Amen? So we need to trust Him. Matthew 6, Seek ye First, the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. Listen, He knows what you have need of, but if you'll seek Him first, relationship with Him first, you trust Him, He'll add all of these things that you need to you. He said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken the seed begging bread. He'll take care of the birds in the air and He'll take care of you. Amen? Your job is just stay connected to Him. Your job is just build relationship with Him. Because how many knows, the, the more you have a relationship with somebody, the more you trust them. Because you know them. You know their character. How many knows some people, you wouldn't trust them as far as you could throw them? You say, well, why don't you trust that person? Because <laughs> I know them. Let us be the kind of people that people know and trust. God is somebody that you can trust. 1 Corinthians 1.9, God is faithful by whom you were called into fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ. I've been called into fellowship. I've been called into relationship. And God is faithful to me because of that. God has a proven track record <laughs> I have a record. It's not good. I fail. I make mistakes. But God has a track record of being faithful, of being right, of being on time. God's got a good record. I would ask some of y'all about y'all's record, but I won't do that. God has a good record. Amen? It's God's job to do what He said He would do, and He wants to use you to do it. It's our job to be in agreement with Him. Everybody say, yes, Lord. I agree with you. Amen. Listen, that right there also is the way to a happy marriage. Yes, honey. I agree. <laughs> yes, dear. Happy marriage. Happy marriage. Yes. Let's finish this up. Last one. God will give you the desire, the ability, and the talent to do what He's called you to do. Come on, say that with me. God will give me the desire, the ability, and the talent to do what He's called me to do. Listen, God's plan for your life will not only bring you pleasure, but it'll bring Him pleasure.
When your kids accomplish something, how does it make you feel? Remember the first time they went to potty all by themselves? We see it on Facebook all the time. I don't need to see that. I'm proud of them, but don't post it. (laughs) Oh, but that's, that's a big thing when you don't have to change diapers anymore. Huh? And then they fed themselves. And then they dressed themselves. Huh? Yeah. That's when they were teenagers. <laughs> and then they get up and go to work. And then they move out. Hallelujah. Get a job. <laughs> Your heart's filled with such pride and joy <laughs> when they can take care of themselves. They always always rely on mom and daddy, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I sent my daughter a... She's not here today, so I can talk about her. I sent her a little note the other day. It said, having a daughter is like having a little friend that thinks you're rich. No, having a little broke friend that thinks you're rich. She said, yes, daddy. Uh, Listen, God's going to finish what he started in your life. He started something good, and God's going to finish it, and it's going to be good. Because you're good. I mean, God's going to finish it. He's going to do something great. Psalms 57, 2. I will cry out to God most high, to God who performs all things for me. Amen. God will perform for you. He'll do it. He'll make it happen. He has promised to bring it to pass. Ezekiel 12, 25. For I am the Lord, I speak, and the words which I speak will come to pass. It will no more be postponed. For in your days, O rebellious house, I will say the word and perform it, saith the Lord. How many is ready for the Lord to speak a word into your life and then perform it? He speaks healing. He speaks deliverance. He speaks joy. He speaks prosperity. And then he performs it. Amen. What you've been praying for, what you've been asking for, come on, begin to declare today, the Lord, speak a word to me and then perform it on my behalf. And then be willing to say, yes, Lord, I'm willing to do the work. Huh? I'm willing to dig the ditch if you'll lay the pipe. But usually we want the Lord to dig it too. But how many knows we have a job to do? You do your part, the Lord will do His part. 1 Peter 4.11, last scripture. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus. To whom belong the glory and the dominion forever. Why do I want to be successful? Why do I want to be blessed? Why do I want to? So I can bring glory to God. Not so I can bring glory to myself. Not so that I can build some kind of kingdom, but that I can build the kingdom of God. That I can bring glory to Him. That I can lift up His name. And He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Amen? If we trust God with our life, We have no life to live. We just live for Jesus. See, we're trying to live for ourselves. Start living for Jesus. Trusting God means we place ourselves on the shelf and we do things God's way. 
trusting God is an obedience lesson in, in sacrifice. When we do things His way, we position ourselves to receive His glory. You got to be in position. We must involve God in all of our decisions, our thoughts, and our plans and become one with Him. God is calling us to Him. He wants to give us the desire and the ability and the talent to do what He's called us to do. And when we succeed, God gets the glory. Amen? All glory and honor be to God. You know, there's a difference in believe and trust. Some of you today have believed in Jesus. You've believed that He's the Son of God and He died and He rose again and He's coming back again. And you've trusted Him, believed as, as His Savior. But there's a difference in believing and trusting. I'll give you an example. 1855. Charles Blondin, I've told you this story before. Charles Blondin was an acrobat. And he said that he was going to walk from one side of Niagara Falls to the other on a tightrope. They said it couldn't be done. But Charles Blondin said, I can do it. They advertised, they did everything, they stretched the rope. It came the day the cameras were there, if they had any in 1855. Sure, they had the snapshots. And he got ready to do it. He's, this is what he said. You ready? Do you believe I can cross this rope to the other side? And they all shouted, We believe! He said, Do you believe that I can make it all the way back? And they shouted, We believe! And then the crowd was roaring. It was awesome. And then... He said, who will volunteer to take the trip on my back? If it were not for the roar of Niagara Falls, you could have heard a pin drop. Because there's a big difference in believing and trusting. When you believe, I believe you can do it. Go for it. But to crawl up on his shoulders as he does it takes trust. Finally, one man said, I'll do it. His name was Harry Colcord. And he was Charles Blondin's manager. Why do you think he did it? He knew him. He trusted him. He knew his ability. He knew his talent. He had seen what he's done in the past. I'm telling you, have you seen what God's done in the past? Do you know him? Do you have relationship with him? Do you just believe he can do it? Or do you trust him? Because if you trust him, you'll crawl up on his shoulders and let Him carry you. You'll stop trying to do it all by yourself. You'll stop trying to make the trips alone. You'll stop trying to make it happen. You'll stop working. You'll just crawl on His shoulders and let Him do the work. I just trust you to get me 
to the other side. There's a big difference in believe and trust. Today, do you believe Jesus or do you trust him? Wholeheartedly, trust and obey. Believe God and say, I believe, I believe.